This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or Independent, we can all laugh together. We are all human beings and we've had enough divisions. It's it's time to come together and uh, like they say, under one God. Hello everyone, welcome to Where East Meets West. I'm your host, Sister Jenna. You know, it's been my lifelong journey to be the bridge, the one that brings East and West because of just my own background. Coming with um, the energy of an Indian father and an African Caribbean mother, similar to our Vice President of the United States. <laughs> I've often lived a life that has been very inclusive, very, um, supportive of all types of people. And why this show means so much to me is that I'm getting a chance to speak to some of the most prolific, inspiring Indians around the world, to have them share with us a little bit about their journey and how they've actually bridged their division of the East and West mentality, because it's like night and day. And so what are some of the things that we bring forth and contribute in certain cultures in which we have that just ingrained in us from birth? I'm happy to be partnering with Iplog, who is distributing this on their podcast and America Meditating Radio, of course, which is our home base and a podcast and program that's been going on for almost eight years. Thanks to all of our listeners out there that's been with us for almost the eight years and with over a million archive listeners in 90 countries, you've touched my heart as well as all of us here in the team. What started out as a hobby has become a regular happening for me, but I love every minute of it. And it will continue to be a hobby that I show up to with great love. My special guest for our segment of Where East Meets West is a very intriguing man, which I cannot wait to hear his story. Let me tell you a little bit about Param Gill. He's an American film director and writer of Indian origin who is driven by an incredible passion for cinema. And he's known for directing films which tackle diverse themes. He's active in Hollywood and, and the Bollywood film industry and has won numerous awards for his films. He's also the CEO of Flickbag, a film production and distribution company based in Silicon Valley and Beverly Hills, California, and also Young in Three Films, which he's currently working on three films. Param, thank you so much for joining us on Where East Meets West. I cannot wait to get right into it with you. You excite me. You know why you excite me? Because during the pandemic, I have actually started to have a curiosity and an interest more into the whole role of filmmaking, like what goes on behind creating a narrative for, you know, lay people like me that look at it and go, wow, that's amazing. So thank you for coming on. And I can't wait for us to just talk more about you and your journey. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. Now, listen, you came all the way from Punjab and you came to attend the University of Medicine and Dentistry in Newark, New Jersey. That's what I saw. What was some of your experiences, you know, coming to America from India? And was it an easy transition for you? Uh, it wasn't. Um, uh, like in a small town, India, especially in Punjab, uh, the plan to tackle anything is that, uh, hey, so-and-so will come and he will 
take care of stuff. So uh, when I landed, uh, father had arranged for someone to pick me up and um, find me some accommodation, make me familiar with the area. Uh, but that gentleman was a cab driver and he was more interested in dropping me off somewhere, anywhere, as soon as possible. Uh, so that was my first experience of American hospitality. Uh, and then he uh, literally dropped me in front of the school and disappeared. Uh, and the school was closed at the time when I had arrived. Uh, it was supposed to open the following week. Uh, the director of international affairs was not available. Uh, so basically I was standing outside the school with my bag and thinking what to do. And then it starts to rain. And I thought, okay, let me stop a cab and figure out a way to get somewhere. So I didn't know that in America, uh, cabs have to be called. They just don't stop if you're waving your hands at them. Uh, and then I started to walk in a sort direction thinking maybe if I find a smaller street it'll be easier to get a cab and there comes a gentleman and he goes whatever you got whatever you got and he's poking me uh, on my chest with something and uh, it took me a while to understand that I'm being mugged at this point so I gave him whatever little uh, cash I had uh, in my pocket and then I was fortunate that I was able to find a police car in a little bit and he eventually found uh, an econologue where he deposited me. And then, of course, from there, it was one day at a time. You are kidding me. <laughs> that was your welcome to the United States of America? <laughs> I would have gotten on the first flight back to India. <laughs> no, I had no such plan. I was here to stay. It is so different for a man, because if that was a woman, she might be in trouble. But it's so different <laughs> when you're a man, you know, and you can navigate through that. So, you know, so what happened? You went into dentistry and you got your degree, I'm supposing, or yes, you decided yes. I, that you know, you wanted to move more into something else? Uh, yes, I, I did my master's uh, and then I moved to California and I started practicing dentistry here. Uh, and then uh, dentistry can get quite mundane. And at the time, uh, the war was in progress uh, uh, in Iraq, and I had some veterans, uh, you know, who were my patients, and somebody said, you know, so many of them are coming back with PTSD and you got to do something about it. So I, I wrote my first short film, uh, it was called Shell Shocked Hope, and it was about a war veteran who's come back with PTSD and how it impacts his life. And... Uh, we screened the film for my patients in the downtown theater um, and some veteran organization got involved and it was full of, I believe there were 800 people there and uh, it was about 16 minutes and there was a standing ovation and they wanted to repeat it again. And I was like, if something can impact so many people at the same time, there's gotta be something special about it. That's what started the journey. Wow, that's fantastic. I feel the same way that, you know, it's just the way that we can convey stories that can really help to inspire people. So was that always in you, Param? Like, were you always into the arts? Or I mean, what led you, apart from the veterans coming and suffering with PTSD, what was it that got you to just start to write that? I mean, how did the thoughts come? How did the words come? Was there... Was there a method to all of this for you? I know there wasn't any method at all. Um, I had no background in filmmaking. I, 
uh, essentially would do some plays in the school uh, that I would write. Uh, but that was, you know, very limited resources. It wasn't Broadway or anything. Um, but here, once I once I figured that, okay, this is what I probably want to do. Then I did a diploma from New York Film Academy and I trained myself um, uh, to make my first feature. Uh, uh, but it was all hands-on. I had never been on a movie set before. In fact, I've made six features now. I've never been on a movie set other than mine, uh, other than that little training at, at, at New York Film Academy. That's pretty much self-learned. It's amazing. So how did your dad feel knowing that you were putting down dentistry and going into filmmaking? He must have been a very happy-go-lucky Punjabi father. <laughs> yeah, he's he's gotten upset at me only two times in my life. One was when I ran away from dental school to become a monk. And the second time was when I made my first feature. I thought first time he thought I was doomed. Second time he thought, OK, now this is there's no coming back. <laughs> So you are yeah. working on a few films with your production company, and I would love if you can tell us about them. Uh, yes. Um, see, everything starts with a passion and then passion. Like you said, it started as a hobby with you and then it became work. And so once it becomes work, then you have to deliver results because movie making is, is, is very expensive. An average movie costs 1.5 to $2 million because of the audience expectation regarding production values and, and the acting and whatnot. Uh, so initially I made few movies, you know, whatever garbage was in my head, uh, it came out and then we got a little more professional. So I have, um, uh, a Spanish remake of a Hollywood film, which is in the works uh, at this point. Um, we released Bad President last year, uh, which was a satire on President Trump. And uh, I have uh, a few remakes in India, which are on floor right now in regional languages, uh, in Marathi, uh, Bengali, Tamil, and Telugu. So uh, those are again, uh, proven, uh, screenplays that have worked in different markets and so we are adapting them for the Indian market so that's what we are into at this point. Do you do you find a big difference between the industry in Hollywood and Bollywood and if so what is that difference? There's a huge difference. Um, um, it's like in India you know anybody who lands there the first time and looks at the traffic and they're wondering okay how does this work? Well, God makes India work. The same thing with filmmaking. God makes movies. We don't. And in America, uh, there is more of a method. There is more of a process because um, everyone needs to know what needs to happen because they're only going to do what they are designed to do in part of the higher design of the filmmaking. In India, everyone will do everything which they are not designed to do or supposed to do. <laughs> so uh, you have to be a little more flexible there. Uh, but having said that, in terms of quality, in terms of uh, uh, work ethic and work culture, both both countries stand at the same level. It's just the, the concept of work is different in US and it's different in India. I love what you said. God makes uh, movies work in India. God makes everything work in India. <laughs> it's a completely different genre of energy. So um, what's been your greatest challenge um, behind the scenes in making one of your many movies? What was one of your greatest challenges and 
you weren't quite sure how you were going to get out of this one. Yeah, um, I've had many challenges. Um, in fact, every day, every moment is a challenge on a film set. But there was a little situation. I was shooting my first movie, Rock and Mira, in uh, in Rajasthan in India. And uh, one of the characters was Fat Sofasano, and he was a big guy. And uh, now here we stick to the script. And so that's the American way. And if there's any change, it has to be approved in advance. Uh, in India, um, they don't believe in remembering lines because they always come up with something which is better, which the writer couldn't think of. So during a scene, um, the Indian actor called him, hey, you fatty, uh, you know, trying to improvise his dialogue. And he took it personally and he slammed off the sets. And uh, by the time I realized what has gone wrong, to my advantage, Deborah Wilson was also in that scene. Uh, and Deborah came to me and she said, you are in trouble. I said, really? I thought he just went to get some coffee. <laughs> she said, that's no coffee. He ain't coming back. <laughs> so that was a bit of a scare because we were, we were shooting at Gajneer Palace, which is in the middle of nowhere. And um, for any pickup scenes, there was no way we were going to come back from US to that remote location with all those eight different characters who were in the scene. It took a while to convince Fat Sofasano to get back on the set, um, which is a story in itself. Tell me, what do you what do you look for in a character when you're filming your movie? What is that special what's that special X factor that you look for to to find that right character for your movie? I look for flaws. You know, if, if I'm casting, I look for, you know, flaws in the face, features, uh, flaws in diction, flaws in uh, speech, um, flaws in walk. And if I'm writing a character, I enhance their flaws and the journey is to overcome them. Uh, the point is that everyone is flawed uh, as long as you don't accept it as a strength and work on it to get better. Mm, I love that. I love that. That's powerful. That's powerful stuff right there. Um, as you look at the pandemic and observing the enormous strain that it has had on the industry, are you hopeful about Hollywood making a comeback? I've been hearing a lot of rumors about how it's just not sure what it's going to do uh, within the next year and, and how much of a strain it has been on artists in particular and people who have done a lot of like public concerts or public meetings and stuff. They're not doing those anymore. And when you go on Zoom, people aren't paying you for your Zoom sessions at all. Right. So, I mean, are you hopeful and what have you learned during the pandemic? And last question, has it been a strain as well for you? Uh, it has been a strain for everyone. And uh, much of independent filmmakers in Hollywood, like me, uh, we work off these gigs, which we get in between our movies. And uh, so many of us have, uh, uh, you know, camera equipment, which we rent uh, or which we take with us on the set for a certain fee. Uh, so much of the independent filmmaker in Hollywood and elsewhere uh, has found it very difficult. Many have had to declare bankruptcy. They're not able to meet the payments for the equipment. Uh, and it has been very tough on them. Uh, I believe uh, within uh, a few 
months, we will have a more clear idea of how much damage has been inflicted. Uh, the corporate Hollywood will be back in no time. Uh, it will take about six to eight months for people to be confident again to get back in theaters. Uh, it has already started in the East. Uh, they already have a blockbuster. The movie called Master uh, did huge numbers in in, in South India. Uh, so they're, they're already back on track. Chinese box office is already breaking all records. And uh, US, because of our general response to pandemic, has lagged behind the rest of the world. Uh, but I believe it's a matter of six to eight months that we should be back in theaters watching movies like we always have. I hope a lot of the stuff that's going to come out will help us more towards our spiritual awakening. What has been your like spiritual aha or latest aha moment in the last, let's say, six months? I know for me, it has been more of um, an invitation to coming from a deeper place like I've been finding that situations and circumstances that I'm going through, and it, maybe the pandemic is assisting it, but it's as if I'm being called into a deeper place of stillness, a deeper place of clarity, a deeper place of love to be more who I need to be. Um, and that's become a lot more amplified for me. Has there been anything for you? Uh, yes. Um, like I told you, I ran away to become a monk when I was in dental school. And uh, I, I found uh, a huge pleasure in, in the deep stillness of meditations that, that would happen uh, on the coast of uh, Jagannath Puri in Orissa. And that's where this started. Um, and then, of course, uh, you have to go through the grind, have a family and do whatever it is to be done, to have a clear head. And during this pandemic, um, I, I have had these moments where it is clear to me that uh, somehow very soon I will become a passive human being who's more active inside. It's beautiful, important. I feel like that's what the pandemic has offered us is just everyone's coming or at least they're trying to come from this place inside out. Remember that Pixar movie called Inside Out, which was yeah. a winner, oh, it was the best. It was the best. And maybe that's the blessing of the pandemic. So tell us what are maybe anything latest that you would like us to be aware of. Now that we're the madness of elections is behind us, maybe we can all you know, laugh about what happened. And we as filmmakers, we don't take sides. We just bring out the comedy uh, in, in the madness. So, yeah, give a give a look. Uh, uh, a bad president, doesn't matter whether you're Republican or Democrat or independent, we can all laugh together. We are all human beings and we've had enough divisions. It's, it's time to come together and uh, like they say, under one God. Beautiful. Param Gill, thank you so much. Don't hang up. Everyone, I hope you've enjoyed your time with us as we listened to the journey of one very brave young man who has traveled all the way from Punjab, India to New Jersey <laughs> and now is in California and is offering us stories of hope and stories of laughter as well. There's no doubt that sometimes we just don't know where our journey is going to take us, but I guess there's just this intrinsic energy that faith has us. However difficult it might be, faith will see us through. Do look out for Param Gill and more of his work that's upcoming. And if you like 
our conversation that we had today don't don't hesitate to send us a comment or a dm on a blog or america meditating radio subscribe like share not because i told you so but because you think it's a good thing to do <laughs> thank you so much for joining us on where east meets west i'll see you again soon